Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Preslav. I'm Kevin Mosenzade. And this is Justin Robertson. Tonight's featured guest is Jonathan Bollish, the president of Spencer Pride. Jonathan will be talking with us about Spencer LGBTQ Youth Center. Stay tuned to hear all about what they're doing there at the center um, later on tonight in the program. But first, let's hear from Justin, our own roving queen of news. (laughs) Thank you, Frankie. (laughs) Gay bisexual athletes out and proud of the Big Ten track meet showing off their rainbow colors at Indiana University. On May 13th, Big Ten track and field athletes competed at the Hayes Track at the Ho Complex at IU. Nebraska's Jace Anderson placed eighth in the triple jump at the Big Ten meet, scoring a point and helping the Cornhuskers finish third as a team. Anderson was one of the least five LGBTQ athletes competing at the meet. He was joined by Illinois' Conrad Eyring, Iowa's Antonio Woodard, and Minnesota's Dawson Lawrence and Derek Wibke. Woodard is bisexual, and the other four athletes are gay. Anderson told an OutSports reporter, quote, Being an LGBTQ plus athlete, it's awesome that we're able to represent the community and perform at a high level. Being gay doesn't hinder you in any way. It's part of who you are, unquote. The five LGBT athletes competing in the Big Ten track and field meet on the 13th marks an increase from the number of out athletes who've competed in previous years. Conrad Eyring, a junior at the University of Illinois, told OutSports that he came out publicly in high school. His first two years in the Big Ten, Eyring said he didn't know of any other LGBT track and field athletes in the conference. Iring told OutSports, quote, It's a testament to the growth of the Big Ten Conference and college athletes. The stigma of that you can't be a strong collegiate athlete and gay is dying off. That's really freaking awesome, unquote. Minnesota's Dawson Lawrence, who also competed at the conference in Bloomington, told OutSports, quote, It makes me really happy and proud for our community. Hopefully this encourages other athletes to not be afraid to come out and just be themselves. I'm proud of all of us, unquote. Well, that's pretty cool. So I think, you know, uh, things are changing a lot with, um, you know, athletes, you know, being able to come out. It was like a giant news at one time. 
when you heard of a high school or a college, you know, and definitely a, a pro athlete coming out. And now to see high school, even middle school kids, but more or less high school kids being able to be comfortable enough to come out and then, you know, approach into college. Um, I'm still, you know, we're, we're, I think people are still kind of figuring it out. And obviously it depends on where, where you live. Um, so I, I think, you know, what, do you, what are your thoughts as far as, you know, you know, athletes and kids coming out and how looking and <laughs> well, I I think it's <laughs> fabulous, of course, and it never would have happened back when I was in high school or certainly not middle school, right. and I I think it's wonderful. And I sort of did some research. I didn't know really this. I I don't really follow sports much, but so I did some research and went on that web site about uh, gay athletes and stuff. And there's a lot going on. Right. I was really surprised. Yeah, I, I saw the same thing when I yeah. was peeking and, and there was even, I mean, I wish I sort of took notes because I'm just, you know, thinking out loud sort of. But right. well, th th there was a man who wrote a, a book for middle schoolers about gay athletes. And I just think that's so cool. Right. Uh, you know, and, and Kevin, you being our younger individual here. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that... Um, Gay athletes, as you said, like in middle school or high school, is not really uh, a rarity anymore. Um, it doesn't hinder anyone from coming out because you're an athlete. But what you haven't seen yet is people, uh, more people in college and at the professional levels um, in any sport really coming out um, during their careers. A lot of them have come out after their careers mm -hmm. and then become mm -hmm. advocates for acceptance. But really what's missing is, is the people coming out um, at younger ages and then making it into the professional level or people coming out in the professional level. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens in the future. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. Yeah. So in other news, Lupa Valdez, a, a former sheriff from Dallas and a lesbian, was recently selected as the Democratic nominee for governor of Texas. Valdez beat a small slate of Democratic candidates to get the party's nomination for governor. She is the first gay gubernational candidate in Texas for a, for a major party. During her acceptance speech, Valdez thanked her darling sweetheart, Lindsey Browning, saying, Texas is changing. Look around you. This is what Texas looks like, like all of us. She will face incumbent, incumbent Republican Governor Greg Abbott in the general election in November. Tonight, Texans made history by making Lupa Valdez the first open, openly lesbian woman to win the gubernatorial nomination for a major political party, the latest in a series of groundbreaking wins for LGBT candidates in the state, said former Houston Mayor Anise Parker, who is currently the CEO of the LGBTQ Victory Fund. Several LGBTQ candidates won congressional primaries in the Lone Star State yesterday, Former Air Force Intelligence Officer Gina Ortiz Jones won the Democratic primary in Texas's 23rd district, which stretches across the southwestern portion of Texas. Ortiz Jones beat incumbent Republican Will Hurd, her opponent, 68% to 32. The victory is also significant because of the Hispanic demographic majority in Texas's 23rd congressional district. Former congressional aide Eric Holguin won the Democratic nominee in Texas's 27th district, a district that Donald Trump won by 24 points in 2016. Texas's 27th district runs from the bend of Texas's Gulf Coast, consisting of Corpus Christi and Victoria, up to Bastrop County near Austin and Wharton County near Houston. 
Business owner Lori Birch received 75% of the vote in the Democratic primary in Texas's 3rd District, which includes parts of Dallas's northern's northern suburbs. These candidates face uphill battles in the general election in a deep red state. Ortiz Jones's district is perhaps the most purple of them all. In 2016, Republican Will Hurd won the U.S. House race in the 23rd district with 48% of the vote, and his Democratic opponent got 47%. So here we are. This is exciting news. Yeah. Some more exciting news. <laughs> Some more exciting news. We've got the, the gay athletes coming out. And yeah. Yeah. Possible uh, lesbian and uh, Hispanic uh, governor in, in, in Texas. And Texas has an interesting history with women. They've had, uh, what, three? This old, I'm, I'm counting her already, right? We've had two, uh, I say we. I used to live in Texas, actually. Okay, well, then you can say that. that. I can say we. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two um, female uh, governors. And uh, this would be quite amazing, you know, especially in this era of politics of, of not only a woman, but a Hispanic and a lesbian. I mean, well, Texas can always surprise you because we had been talking about Ann Richards before, right? And she was just an amazing woman, and um, yeah, yeah, she's you know I think what every drag queen you know I think <laughs> looks to looks up to be. I mean, and and kind of started it all. Yeah, she, she was sassy. She was very sassy. So, what do you think? This you know, do you think it's a, a possibility that we might be seeing Kevin? You kind of you know side eyed me at one point when I was yeah. Like, um, Maybe the congressional race, which we talked about in the purple district, I think that was maybe the 23rd in Texas. Um, but the governor's race is going to be an uphill battle uh, for certain because uh, right. Greg Abbott's got a lot of support down there amongst conservatives. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. They're going to definitely need a high Democratic voter turnout and a low Republican voter turnout, as is what most Democrats across the country are hoping for. So we'll see if it happens there. But Well, I think that, you know, she's going to be able to pull the Hispanic and, of course, the yeah. woman vote. Um, and, you know, I think she's been quite popular as a sheriff, and that's, you know, her yeah. background is she's the sheriff for Dallas. And is she still the sheriff for Dallas? I don't know. And that in itself is impressive. Yeah, and she had helped. Yeah. I mean, in a, she's had what, two terms, three terms. She's been in a while. This isn't new. So she's, you know, she's been through a lot. So I think she's built a trust. And actually, there was an article about, you know, they talked about um, the, um, you know, the immigration and, and policies and if she would support Trump. And she actually got some criticism um, because she's kind of backing some of his policy on that. So oh, I, is she? yeah, you know, I, I don't think she's come, you know, yeah. out as tough um, against it as some people thought maybe she would. Um, but I think she's also checking out her political ground at the same time. Uh, you know, I don't think she's done anything to, to bring any, you know, red lights and, and a lot of attention, but I think she's kind of, you know, balancing the power as far as that, that goes. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I'm, I'm excited to kind of watch that one. That would be an awesome victory um, for, for everybody. I think it's great just that uh, to see candidates who are openly LGBTQ just like Kevin was mentioning earlier with the athletes, right? It's it's different if you are necessarily coming up within that realm and you come out naturally. And it's another when like a college selects you as an athlete who's very openly LGBTQ. And right. so same thing from an electorate perspective as well. I mean, to have candidates not just coming out in office after the fact, um, but coming out in advance. So the voters are really 
taking that into consideration as a part of it. The fact that she's even remotely viable is is fantastic and, and a sign of progress. Right, yeah, and I mean, you know, and I think what there were four individuals that she beat out um, for her, her spot, so it wasn't, you know, they, like people didn't have options. Um, I didn't see any statistics on what she won by, um, but um, she won, so we'll give her credit there. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a across the nation. You're seeing a lot of that. You're seeing transgender folks. You're seeing, you know, uh, lesbian, gay, um, bisexual. You're, everybody's, you know, pulling a ticket somewhere, and this is uh, exciting. It gives us hope, <laughs> um, especially, you know, as we walk through, you know, today of, 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 of what's going on. I mean, you know, what we were uh, kind of went all off on Facebook about what was going on in Kansas with the adoption or the, yeah, the adoption issue where they just passed a legislation um, to basically uh, make it legal to discriminate against gays and um, for basically for religious reasons. So uh, you can still adopt in, in Kansas, but you, you know, it's going to cut down on the agencies that you'd be able to adopt from. So if it's a Catholic charity type um, or, you know, something that's a Christian base, um, they can refuse to adopt to uh, uh, gay couples or gay individuals, I guess. So, you know, it's like we're, you know, it, it's just... We get a little bit, and then a lot taken away. Mm -hmm. um, and you just hope that the, you know, the American population really is more on kind of we don't care. We want just good people within that and kind of getting over the gay card. But then these morons, you know, you know, pull back up and, you know, push this through. And, you know, I remember when I was adopting just uh, Indiana, uh, Indiana at the time, and there was always something within the bill that they were talking about. There was nothing actually ever passed. But it's, it's you know, I feel sorry for the people in Kansas, the, the GBLTQ community out there. Um, but I guess the, the, you know, what you can do is you can, you know, go to other states, you know, go to uh, obviously uh, a different uh, adoption agencies within the state of Kansas, but the thing is, is that you're, you know, openly discriminated against. And then the children, because then the children are, you know, fed into these um, um, f foster care places, and then um, they get to decide. And there could be just some wonderful parents available, and um, they will miss out on those. So it's, it's really hurting the kids at the end, and it's going to cost Kansas a lot more money in the end and, and, and a lot of stuff, you know, because what happens with these kids after they age out, um, the sad truth is a lot of them, you know, have pretty rough lives. You know, they don't have the support of a family. So it's, it's ugly. So It's we tragic. It's tragic. It's frustratingly tra tragic. I don't understand how this passed. I mean, <laughs> I mean, of course I don't. But um, I'm sort of. You said that there are agencies that will adopt to right. People. So it, so is it by an agency? Right. By so agency basis. Yeah, it's by agency basis. Okay. So it's um, you know, so if you're a religious based agency, or you don't, or you believe, you know, that this is against your religious morals or whatever. Then you're entitled to that opinion. You're entitled to discriminate against gay people um, and not uh, allow them to adopt a, a child, you know, at least through their agency, um, which is just ugly. And, and again, it's not, it's, it's a selfish move because it's about, um, you know, self-serving. It's about them. It's not about the child. 
You know, the kids, they're going to go home, have their dinner, you know, be with their family. And those kids are going to sit in, you know, limbo waiting for someone to adopt them. And, and if there's a gay couple, gay or lesbian couple available, um, at least this particular child in that particular agency is not going to be available to them. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, people are not standing in line to take these kids in. You know, there, there's a lot of kids all over, you know, and, and there's over, over half a million that need placements and people are not saying, hey, I wanna, wanna you know, adopt these kids. So it's frustrating. So it, you know, it gives me hope when I see s- stuff like this happen in Texas that you know, there are people out there, like I said, she beat four candidates mm-hmm. um, and the possibilities of you know, that, that she could be governor. So I, I hold out hope that, that good, good stuff will happen and, and it'll trickle back up that we'll uh, have more good news than, than bad news. Yes. In the next three or four years. Go to Lupe. Go to Lupe. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin. All right, we need to take a time out for our music feature tonight. It is Malavita from Google <laughs> Bordello album East Infection EP. So, do not touch that dial, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back. You've been listening to Gogol Bordello. Wow, that was some song. <laughs> <laughs> we got a tapping well, shoes on for that one. Let's talk about Kim Davis now. Okay. okay. Take us back to serious. Well, Kim Davis, you remember her. Uh, she won't face the man she denied a marriage license to in this November's election season in Kentucky. The former Kentucky County clerk, Kim Davis, can breathe a little easier today, unfortunately. Davis infamously turned away David Ermold and his fiance, David Moore, when they applied for a marriage license. Davis had spent time in jail for refusing to do her job. Ermold announced late last year that he would run against Davis after she announced she would run for office in the Republican Party. Unfortunately, voters sent Ermold away empty-handed in this week's primary elections in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Ermold lost the race to fellow Democrat Elwood Coddell Jr. LGBTQ Nation reports that Coddell has said he doesn't plan on making same-sex marriage or Davis's stance against it part of his campaign. What happened in 2015, he said, is in the past, and just as my logo says, we're just fo- focused on the future. Ermold, for his part, was gracious in his loss. Quote, we knew from the beginning that we had a difficult task, and while our campaign is coming to a close, our work to reaffirm Rowan County as a diverse and welcoming community has only just begun. Unquote. While it is easy to share and grow in our commonalities, we must also work to bridge our differences to find understanding. As a community, we may not always agree on every issue, but our community should be one based on fairness and respect. He went on to say, our clerk's office touches the lives of every person in the community, and we must have leadership dedicated to our needs. Our leadership must be willing to serve all of our people, and it must value the unique needs of every citizen, unquote. So, sadly, it's back in the news, and sadly, he lost. Um, You know, it's, I don't know. What's going to happen down there? If, you know, she used to be. I, I forgot that she was a Democrat during all this. I don't um, even know that I knew that. Yeah, I mean, you didn't assume. I mean, she's a Southern Democrat, which can be a little more conservative. Right. A Dixie crack. A Dixie crack. But she's just beyond that. She's a filthy crack. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's very religious, and I don't know. Um, but, but it sounds like he did pretty well in terms of getting campaign contributions. Oh, my gosh, uh, $200,000, and he spent, I think, uh, 130000 so he has a little bit in the treasure, um, which is awesome. And she, uh, there was, like, a couple of celebrities. Um, what was it? Amy Schumer. Oh, great. Um, gave, like, $1,500, and who was the other sounds one? Awesome. Susan Saran gave $800. Susan Sarandon? Yeah. Was, are either of them from Kentucky? No, I think they're just, yeah, I do that. I mean, Can I you just a, throw money at anybody? I do all the time. <laughs> but I give like 5 or $10. Yeah, you can give, it, you yeah. can give money to any race. Yeah, you can, yeah, I guess you can. Yeah, you just go on that thing and you push and it says how much you want to go. It's PayPal or something like that, you know, one of them fancy things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I usually do that. I, I go around and, you know, give away. Kelly doesn't like when I do that, but. I yeah. do it. Good. Well, then don't tell Five Kelly. Five or ten dollars. Five or t- yeah. I mean, that's you know it. it you know, it, it builds up. But anyways, so you know, within, I I don't know, the what's going to happen over there now. I mean, I think that she's. I mean, she's been pretty quiet. 
in that sense, but it would have been, you know, I think at this point. Well, she point, went to jail, right? She went to jail, <laughs> but, you know, but she You're kept right. her job. Um, obviously, right. she was the only one on the Republican ticket. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to, to find out. So she has no money in her treasure, treasury right now. Is that right? Treasure or treasury? What am I, am I saying that right? She doesn't? No. She hasn't raised any money yet. So I'm sure she will. I'm sure the churches will be happy to throw in some money. But we'll see what happens to that. And then, then it'll kind of get serious. I don't know much about her opponent now, the guy that's uh, running against her, other than he wants to move forward, which, you know, I think we, you know, I don't know. The clerks are, she's a clerk, right? So, I mean, you know, they usually don't make front page news. You know, they, they're important, but it's not one of those, you know, I almost said essential. That's wrong. Um, they are very important to, to the, the city and the county. Um, but it's not usually one of those news breaking things where, right. where, you know, that we, people get so concerned about. But it was definitely, you know, Trump supported her. She had a, quite the following. She had, you know, a lot of, uh, Republican uh, candidates for president coming and, and, you know, stump with her and, you know. Oh, that, yeah. And remember she visited the Pope that. and they denied it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she went in there and somebody got her a ticket and she ended up like sitting with the Pope and he didn't know who she was. Um, <laughs> so the, I would have, I mean, it's like a TV show. So he was like <laughs> sitting well, Speaking of the Pope, did you hear what he recently said? Yeah. Yes. To, the, to the gay man? Yeah. He said God made you that way? And yeah. He's but, awesome. but but I think but he did not expect it to leave the room because the Catholic Church is not um, saying yay or nay about it. They're being he said, this guy came yeah. out and said, "Guess what?" And then the Pope was like, "That was between us. <laughs> we were supposed <laughs> to go there." But there are lots of Catholics that he do knew support. that wasn't staying between us. Yeah, so. yeah, I think so too. Okay, well, that's one of those. Like, that's yeah. one of those. When it comes out of your mouth, you know it's yeah, okay. out. Well, I'm sure you know he's the Pope. He so can say you know it's not an official say, statement I made or whatever. Right. But yeah, I agree with Kevin on that. I think he knew what he was doing. Okay. Well, but I just, you know, when when that was very scandalous when she was with the Pope. Everybody was really angry about that. And, you know, how did she get in there? And then, you know, and then, you know, they were denying that, you know, it was uh, confusion and everything. So I think she she took something with her. So she had like a cross or something like the Pope hands out to people. But is she Catholic? Uh, No, no. She's Pentecost. (laughs) No, but she got, I mean, you know, I'd go see the Pope. Okay. So, but yeah, so that was, so she's an interesting character. Um, and, and you had a sighting, Kevin, didn't you, up in Chicago? You said you thought on you my saw way to her. Chicago. I thought I thought I saw her, but it was her lookalike. <laughs> it was her twin. Right. She well, had the Kentucky license plate and everything. No, I, I would have loved that. So um, Grant. <laughs> oh, we were going to get some so you pictures. Had Grant and you had Chris. So yeah. Grant is one of our other hosts here, and, and Chris is should yeah. be here. Oh, we were going to take pictures, guys, yeah, like kissing her on the cheek. <laughs> we were going to do some accosting this. We're going to be like, oh my god, thank you so much. We should make her like a gay. We're going to yeah. We were gonna let her believe Idol that we were or something, and mm-hmm. just yeah, right. <laughs> exactly how it was <laughs> Take pictures be. with her and stuff. Right, yeah, it's so. very obnoxious, but that's hysterical. Unfortunately, it wasn't her. It so. wasn't her. Well, that would have been. So, how long did you stalk her? Uh, for a good like five or ten minutes, oh, that we waited. I would have been we just watching. What you guys. made you think it wasn't her? Yeah, what, what was the we giveaway? started looking up pictures? Oh, you like, were good. We, okay. were, <laughs> we were doing the whole like side by side. Oh no, this thing, poor woman that wasn't yeah, her. Yeah. Which, but I wonder did if she, she noticed she didn't give this? us a weird look. So you know what? If Kim Davis is listening, um, it was <laughs> yeah, nice to see to you. <laughs> we'll do coffee next time. Yeah, we'll do coffee. I'll try next. not to spill it on you. I'll stop and say hello. <laughs> we'll try but, not to spill it on you. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I would do if I saw 
can be. I'm usually a nice person yeah. initially because I try to make friends with the enemy mm-hmm. all the time. Um, that's but, a good tactic. Yeah, that's, you know, how what, it What's that saying? Keep your enemies close. Yeah. Closer. Keep, yeah. Your what I, close, your what I tell closer. my children is, um, you know, h- how do you kill a witch? How? With love. Oh. Wow. Because that was Not a water. neighbor. So heartwarming. We had a neighbor that I was really a witch. I really thought it was... And I had to teach them that, you know. Wasn't it water? I thought you called water. it with water. <laughs> well, I think it well depends, I mean, love works. It depends well. where you work. This witch. I think love would work, yeah. yeah. You know, she will work. She'll melt, you know, if you throw it down. That was like oh. the Wicked Witch of the West, right? Mm-hmm. It was like they threw water in her face, and it was like the way she went. Mm-hmm. So you should have done that. See, test it. You should have just <laughs> threw just water in water her, on her face. And if she melted, you knew you got Kim Davis. And <laughs> if she smacked you in the head with her big I was thinking bring out like a rainbow flag or something. And just, and just get a dance. <laughs> <laughs> Wave it in front of her, see what happens. You guys could have definitely done that. So that would have been exciting. I would have. I hoped you would have uh, live Facebook that oh, one. Oh, we would have. Absolutely. That we one. were ready to become Twitter <laughs> famous. <laughs> that, again, oh, that would have been. That would be so It would have been epic. It would have been epic. I, I just love the say, whole idea of it. Would have said goodbye to the show and found some way and to she turn would have it been, into yeah. profit. You went to talk to us. I was ready to, to drop out of college for a second, but <laughs> we could still get you to Kentucky. Yeah, we'll give you a mic and you can go. Go find her and and live stream it so we can <laughs> pull that one through. So um, we're we're at that uh, bottom of the hour. So um, blooming out, um, we'll come back. We're going to be speaking with Spencer's Pride President Jonathan. But first, we're going to take a short music break and let you know about some interesting going-ons in the LGBT community in our listening area. To protect this generation from the raging peace infection, market another British invasion or 80s regurgitation for more cultural inbreeding for the garbage of repeating to protect your generation from the east infection. La 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 la, li 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 da ri da, da ri da da, li 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 li, la 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 la, li 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 da ri da, da da da. Labor force, but I beat the system everywhere I go. No matter how many times I get ordained, the message is still the same. Little, 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 little
You were just listening to East Infection by Gogol Bordello off of the album East Infection. I guess it's an EP. Um, let's look at the events calendar. Uh, May 25th, Friday, that's tomorrow. Um, at 5 p.m., there is a block party on 4th and Rogers at Rainbow Bakery. Not really sure what that's about, but it sounds as a block party. Um, and then for Saturday, let's see, we have uh, Ben Moore at the Comedy Attic upstairs at 123 South Walnut Street. Um, and for Sunday, we have the Last Sunday Poetry Reading and Open Mic at the Monroe Convention Center. Um, that's at 3 p.m. And that's the the Last Sunday Poetry Reading and Open Mic. Um, presented by the Writers Guild of Bloomington. Um, it's free, and there's free parking in the back. Okay, that's about it for the community events, and we'll take it back to Blooming Out. Welcome back to Blooming Out, and welcome to our featured guest tonight, Jonathan Balish. He is a native-born Hoosier and self-identified gay man who currently serves as the president of Spencer Pride, one of the most successful rural LGBTQ organizations in America. Jonathan received his bachelor's degree in biology from Indiana University Bloomington and has spent the past 14 years in a variety of leadership roles within the biotechnology industry. Jonathan and his husband Jacob are strong vocal allies of the LGBTQ uh, community and equality are, I'm sorry, I said that wrong, are vocal allies of the LGBTQ plus equality and are two of the founders of Spencer Pride. Well, thank you for uh, being here. We just had Judy on, so she uh, was in on last week, so we thought we would uh, include you to kind of, uh, I guess, bookcase her on where we, some of the other questions we had. So um, we want to talk a little bit about um, not just pride, but kind of what's going on within Spencer, because it's, we find it very, you know, intriguing and and unique. I mean, I think everybody does that Spencer has such a present, a GBLTQ present there. Um, And, uh, and and you have a lot to do with that, um, because you were one of the the founders, founders, right? Um, Indeed, yes. For the, for the, Indie Pride. So um, why don't we do that a little bit and kind of tell us uh, a little bit um, how it started and how you got involved with it and how you ended up in Spencer. You know, was that maybe your hometown or? It is not my hometown, no. Um, I actually am from Hobart uh, up in Northwest Indiana. And so I came down to this area to go to college Mm -hmm. and met Jacob and then moved with him. He had owned a house in Spencer already. Okay. Uh, He had traveled around uh, as a child, gone to a couple of different places, and uh, when they came to this area with his family, he had drove through Spencer one time. It reminded him of his hometown in Kansas, and he said, I want to own a house here. So he had purchased a house, and I was just a poor college student, and Uh so that was really alluring. and so, anyways, I had moved in with him. That, that's what brought me to Spencer. We've been there for more than 16 years. Okay. Wow. And um, it's a really great community. As far as how we got into Spencer Pride, we had been founders for the local PFLAG organization. So right. PFLAG is a national organization with um, hundreds of different local chapters. We had been founders of the local chapter in Spencer. We did that because we had heard a shout-out on the radio 
and uh, basically for people who were interested in starting this organization and there was nothing LGBTQ in Owen County. And so even though PFLAG per se wasn't what we needed, we wanted to support anything that was LGBTQ. And so we decided, all right, let's do this. And we took part in um, establishing that organization. And we realized pretty quickly that the PFLAG organization in a rural area, it's, it's really challenging to, to talk to people and get your message out there because you're also very concerned about safety and security of your meetings and things of that nature. So we had chosen to do our first festival actually as a PFLAG event in order to just get ourselves out there and to be able to do that kind of outreach. That's what that's where we started with our very first event. So and you were on the courthouse lawn at this no, point? No, no. We were at a local park, actually. Is that Robert where Thomas the big park. chicken is? Uh, it's pretty close to the big chicken. Wait, what's the big chicken? They have this giant chicken in Spencer. Is it still there? It is. The that's rooster the is, is at the fair. No, the rooster's at the fairgrounds. The fairgrounds <laughs> is next to the park. The park is where we wait, were at. Wait. Are we talking about a real rooster? No, no we're talking about a fake. big fake rooster. Uh, that wait, this isn't a. Ro- this is a rooster, not a chicken. Okay, so <laughs> is this I, a debate? I'm not from Spencer, and so I don't know the nuances. Um, but there's only one. Right? I'm pretty sure it's a rooster. Okay, but it's one. There's not one at the fairgrounds and one at the park. I mean, a rooster's just the has the boy. The rooster's the boy, and has the has the cone on its head, and yeah, he's just like, yeah. The hens usually have small cones. Yeah, and don't the roosters have the things hanging off? That's a like, goat. That's a what? A goat has waddles mm-hmm. on their neck. <laughs> I, I did know the difference between Clearly a rooster you can and a tell goat. Who grew up on a farm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it's a rooster. Um, is that a goat? Now that did we, you have that thing on its neck? Now that we've introduced that and confused the it. audience, the rooster was a landmark. I think it was originally maybe at a restaurant locally okay. in town, oh. well before my time. Right. That sounds familiar. To that me. restaurant had been torn down, okay. and so they relocated the rooster, <laughs> and it's kind of just like a cult thing. Right. So, anyways, yes. And that's the um, park. That, that is near that park. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Um, so we did our we did our first uh, pride festival, which was that people like picnic. And uh, my goal was just to not get burned down. Right. And so we succeeded. There was no flame. I mean, there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of people, <laughs> but not no flames. So did you advertise this, or was it just like an invite that we're going to be here? We advertised it as much as we knew how to do at that time. And this was how long ago again? I'm sorry. Uh, so we are celebrating our 12th festival okay. this year. So. Wow. So a while ago. How many people were there? 72. Wow. Wow. That was huge. And what is that the population amazing for us. Spencer? 2,217. You, know? you do know. <laughs> of course I know. You've been asked that before. A yeah. few times. Yeah, down yeah. to the exact person. Wow. Well, I, but there was a baby born yesterday. Right. As I say, I can't account for possible <laughs> changes since the last census. Yeah, we, we, you're awful. <laughs> so, um... So yeah, that's an amazing turnout at, at that point. So were, were these all folks from Spencer, or did you have people from Bloomington? They were. Well? I mean, you know, we had gotten a couple um, of different groups from either Indianapolis or Bloomington area. So I think we had seven vendors at that first festival, and so mainly the people who were there, besides us and the group, were maybe from outside the community. However, all the attendees were from the community. I mean, local people in the neighborhood surrounding the park there um, who were just stopping by to see what the event was all about. And so we were able to talk to them. And that was a great opportunity for us to engage with the public. That was the only time that we were ever there in that park. And for the last uh, 10 events, we actually have been on the lawn of the county courthouse, or I should say really downtown Spencer now, because we encompass much more than just the lawn of the courthouse. So then, so what? What are the core people? So you, there was 
yourself, your husband. Was Judy involved at that she point? She was, yep, right. Judy yeah, and her wife, Beverly. Okay. And then you guys just said, hey, this is, we got to, you know, do something more with this. That kind of just lit the fire literally at that Yeah, point. I mean, so there are, there are two others. So we had um, a heterosexual friend of ours, Amber, and okay. then um, another friend, Felix. And so the six of us had, had uh, established the group. Uh, had really been highly involved specifically with that part of the event. And we realized that it was, it could be something like it really could turn into a really cool event. At the same time, it was going to take a lot more focus than what we could really give it. If we also were trying to follow all the paths that we needed to be able to do for P flag. And so we said, well, let's create Spencer pride, have this separate organization that could focus like a laser on the pride festival And then we also kind of from a marketing perspective said, then we could at least say we're helping each other, right? Like Spencer Pride with White River Valley P-Flag and it would sound like we had supporters even (laughs) if we didn't have any at first. And so that was a a great- Until you make it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, it's a good motto for us. Uh, And so, yes, I have been the president of the organization actually since its inception. Um, So no, we don't have term limits. Um, But uh, yeah, I've been there for 11 years. So that's great. So, um, so what was the, you know, it, it doesn't seem like, you know, when I've talked to Judy and talked to other folks there that what you expect out of a smaller town of people being, you know, having issues mm-hmm. with, uh, the, the GBLT population. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find that at all? I mean, were there any, you know, at times where you had the guys in the trucks or whatever, you know, saying harassing people or, you know, you hear it, you know, in the grocery store or it, it was, no issues. I mean, it was, um, you know, every community has its issues. Right. And so I, I don't think there's a community in America that you won't find people that are going to be obnoxious and right. ignorant. And there's also not a community in America where you're not going to find hope and inspiration right. and welcomeness right. um, from them. So I think that, you know, there's that mix, to be honest with you, in the 16 years that I've been in this area, if I think of the times that I've had someone call names at me or, um, or otherwise, right. um, I was assaulted in Bloomington once. Um, it was actually all in Bloomington or Indy, wow. right. never in Spencer. Right. So um, I think that that's just a misconception about rural communities. That's great for us as an organization in some ways because um, we can always exceed one's expectations right. of us. Uh, at the same time, because people just assume that we're this podunk town and what difference could we possibly be making with a couple thousand people in the middle of Owen County, um, I think it precludes a lot of people from taking the opportunity to see who we are, see what our event is about, see what our organization is doing. Our organization is tremendously active in Spencer, and we are highly involved in many different things, and there is no one in Spencer that's not aware of us. There is no other um, non-faith-based organization that I think would uh, possibly speak ill about us. We help so many different people. And so um, I think, you know, that's the the flip side to it is, yeah, we can exceed your expectations, but a lot of people don't even give us a chance to show them who we are because they make a lot of assumptions about right, us and right. where we're at. Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of easy to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely. it's just, you know, if you're, you, you just assume mm-hmm. and, you know, you just kind of go forward on that. So what are some of the, you know, things that you, you guys are doing right now as far as you, you got the community? You were correcting me on the com- the, the community center and the, the youth um what are we calling it? The, the youth group, yeah. The youth group, okay. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, when we originally started as an organization, we were focused on just that festival. We did that for a few years. We started doing some additional things for LGBT History Month, started doing a second event, our event that we now call A Night at the Tivoli. That's in October each year. And so then we were an events-based group, plural. 
And then as we continue to expand out offering uh, corporate diversity training, offering other things to our local community as well as the, the wider region, um, we you know, continue to expand our mission over time. Currently, uh, we do do a lot. So besides our events, we also have IRIS, which is our youth group for um, teens aged 12 to 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually established in 2017, uh, and uh, they are a thriving group, which is really so exciting So that to group see. actually tried to start in a school, right? Well, you know, had... for years we tried to start a GSA at the Owen Valley High School, and, you know, it's so challenging to do that. It's going to take someone who's really willing to sue, and from the perspective so, of so a student. So you did have some pushback from the school. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, multiple times, multiple different students have attempted. Do they have other student act- you know, uh, they clubs do. There. They do. And so, what were the the issues? Just because they just didn't think it was appropriate you know, for their school. When you you know, it has to be led by someone obviously in the school, a youth. So you're already um, a bunch of people in authority making decisions about someone's grades and their future ability to go right. to college and all sorts of things like that. And then all of a sudden, when you put them in the position where they have to be able to challenge you. Um, in order to get something accomplished, then it doesn't take much. And so they would throw the typical, you know, bureaucracy at them. You got to go through five more layers. You got to fill out 20 more pieces of paper. You got to have, you know, multiple sponsors. You got So just throw bureaucracy at them and eventually they'll give up or graduate. And so that's absolutely what, what happened. And we had a multiple different students over time that either gave up or graduated. And, you know, that's frustrating. We as an organization uh, recognize that, you know what, uh, having a GSA sounds really cool, and yes, it would be great if we had one, and we'd, we'd like to still you know, have one in the community eventually one day, but what was more important was that the youth in our community had a place to go where they could feel accepted. So we said, let's you know, screw this concept of having a quote-unquote GSA, and let's just have a youth group. Let's have a place where LGBTQ youth and allies can meet together and hang out and socialize and have a good time, and if they want to do good, they can do that as well. Um, but really it's about serving them and not about having a label um, for the type of organization that it is. So we haven't given up on doing a GSA, but do you, do you you know, think it's not as, a hot thing you know, for us. Okay. I mean, I think that's it's frustrating mm-hmm, to kind of hear that, that you know, you have this going on in the community. And of course, you said there's a lot of acceptance, but then when you, you know, bring up the issue within the school, then things change. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's sometimes people start to show their true colors. You know, as long as it's not in my face and my yard, mm-hmm. then I can be supportive. And so, you but know. We'll, we'll continue engaging with our neighbor, neighbors and our coworkers and our family members, you know, and eventually it will happen. I have no doubt of that. Uh, 11 years ago, people would have laughed, did laugh at us for even thinking of having an event in Spencer. Here we are going on our 12th festival. We get a few thousand people to come into Spencer for our event each year. We've got a community center that's 10,000 square feet. Many, most, as a matter of fact, pride organizations in the United States do not have an LGBT community right. center. Well, doesn't. We are the right. smallest town in America with a dedicated LGBTQ center. So there's amazing things going on. There are a lot of facts about us that make us just tremendously fabulous, and we're obviously successful. But um, we're making a difference in the community, and that's what's the most important thing. So in the example of the youth, right, having Iris there so that, you know, on a Monday afternoon when the week starts, you know, Mondays suck. That's why they chose that day, the students did. Um, You can get out of school and go hang out with your friends and be around people who truly love and accept you for who you really are. 
And so, uh, yeah, Iris meets every Monday at our community center. And um, they're really intended to be mainly a social group. However, uh, you know, they also want to make a difference in the world. And so they're actually actively working on some diversity training that they want to do for the school corporation. And they've had some really good feedback meeting with some principals and other uh, school board representatives. So I think we're um, close to being able to have uh, youth-led educational training for uh, staff, hopefully in the near future. Well, that's so awesome. We've been speaking with President of Spencer Pride, Jonathan Balash. We'll return to that conversation in just a minute. It's time for another music break. Coming up is the track Strange Uncles from Abroad from Google off the album East Infection. Oy vey. <laughs> Welcome back to Blooming Out. You've been listening to Strange Uncles from Abroad by Go Goal Bordello off their album East Infection. And we will promise you <laughs> that we will never play this song again. <laughs> Lucas, our engineer, because we were talking about what does this sound like? And I guess I can say this on radio. I think it sounds like clowns having sex. <laughs> you can't say that so, on radio. I can't say that. Okay. Um, anyway, so back to <laughs> Spencer Pride. 
Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the community center. Yeah. Uh, um, so tell us a little bit about that. We are so excited um, to be able to have a community center in Spencer. And I mean, it's definitely a center that really serves the entire region. And we are thrilled that we have it. It offers a lot of different services to the public. So when we first opened a community center in September of 2016, we were in a small store also on the square in Spencer, about 1,000 square feet, and we were renting it. And we had big dreams for that space. It wasn't finished yet. Actually, only about a third of it was finished. And so we had all these ideas about how we wanted to utilize it. And within a year, we realized we had well outgrown it. And so um, kind of like a toddler quickly growing out of clothing, it was shocking how soon um, what once seemed so big uh, was now tiny. And um, so we ultimately departed that location. Did you uh, own that? Place? We did not. We okay. just rented there. Um, really great landlord, um, very affirming, but uh, decided that, you know, we had other things in store for us. So right across from the courthouse square from our old facility, um, there was a building there just waiting for someone to get it, um, a gem, really, really um, large structure. What did it used to be? So it's been a lot of things. Most recently, um, proud to be able to say, um, it was the Open uh, Fellowship. And so it was a tremendously anti-LGBTQ church oh, wow. um, <laughs> that did the Pray the Gay Away. And um, so that was the um, that was the business that most recently came in there before the gays took over. Uh -oh. So uh, really fantastic. Um, but yeah, so there was a lot of different things. It was a steakhouse. It's been a tanning bed. It was a gymnasium upstairs where the ballroom was. So the building was originally fabricated in 1898, and it's actually known as the Improved Order of the Red Men Lodge. Oh, wow. So one of those old fraternal uh -huh. organizations. Uh -huh. yeah. Those are great um, buildings. Exactly. And so it's a really large building. It's got almost 10,000 square feet, a big ballroom upstairs. And um, for us, it gave us the opportunity to be able to do things that we hadn't yet envisioned. And that was the thing about the old store was that we had our dreams um, scaled down too much when we went in there. We were so excited about having a brick and mortar structure and what that meant mm -hmm. for us. And we did not know that we were gonna quadruple our volunteer base in less than 12 months. And we've continued doing that um, in the time since So that. did you do fundraising? I mean, do you purchase this building, right? So we financed it okay. through a local bank. Um, and so we are definitely continuing that process of fundraising. Um, so we're confident in the ability to uh, maintain um, that loan. However, there are a lot of things that we still want to do with the structure to be able to add additional services and features over time. The first floor right now is the only floor that's really accessible to the public. We have basically three main components there. Um, there is our retail shop, and we sell only things that are made in uh, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And uh, specifically, we try to stay as local as possible. So for the most part, it's an Owen and surrounding communities where those items come from. So is it like a, I don't know if you're familiar with by hand gallery, like we have in Bloomington, mm -hmm. where it's, um, it's locally? Yes. Know? Okay. So yeah, I mean, um, you can walk around there and look at all the various spotlights we have near items, and it'll tell you exactly who made it and where they make it, and might show you a picture of their shop and what inspires okay, them nice. and why they're selling at the Spencer Pride Community Center. So Do you guys get a percentage then? So or? yeah, I mean, we purchase everything outright. Okay, um, we so purchase okay, everything okay, wholesale. Okay. So yeah, we make so a they're good not percentage there off of everything. The individual they are not there. Okay. We don't want to manage that. That's too much drama. Okay, right. And so um, we just purchase it outright. 
Uh, the second component is what we call the gathering place, which is a really great hangout spot. Uh-huh. Basically, it's just kind of a loungy area, free Wi-Fi. Eventually, it will have some computer workstations as well. But this is the ideal spot for kids to come after school, do some homework, or people to meet up on their lunch hour to have a quick conversation. Um, actually, people have started using it to meet up when they're buying something on Craigslist. And so it's kind of funny because I figured we would have to develop that part of the center uh-huh. more before we really had it start being utilized. But from the very first day that we opened the new facility, Facility, which was on uh, January 30th, we immediately had youth in there after school and we've had people in there every day since. That's so it's awesome. been a really popular spot. And then the third thing that we've got in the center is our meeting room. And so it is um, a large meeting room that is available for um, rent for free to local LGBTQ affirming not-for-profit organizations. And they can um, use it on an unlimited basis, reserve it up 12 months in advance. Um, we're trying to give back because for 10 years, uh, we didn't have a home of our own. And so we used places like the Spencer Presbyterian Church Mm -hmm. and the Owen County Art Guild. And um, because of the kindness of those others, we were able to continually meet as an organization. So we want to be able to give back because a meeting place in the central downtown area is a really valuable um, thing. So we want to be able to share that with others. That's great. So, um, and then to Pride. Yeah. Um, the money that you guys raised for Pride will go to help support the community center? Is Definitely, that- yeah. So um, we have never had a Pride Festival where we were um, not already in the black before the day of. Um, we're always very proud of that. I mean, we try to be very fiscally conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, we want people to come out and have a good time, and we appreciate their generosity. We'd love for them to make a donation. We'd love for them to purchase things in our shop. We'd love for them to participate in all the activities of the event, but we don't want anyone to feel like they can't because of financial means. So that's why our events are always uh, completely admission-free. Our events are entirely family-focused, so there's something for the entire family to do. We've got you know, Camden's Carnival, which is a really fun kids area with inflatables and carnival games. Um, We've got the Pride Lounge for those 21 and over. Um, That's something that Cardinal Spirit does. Um, (laughs) We're going to be expanding that this year, so I'm excited there. Um, But we've got all-day live entertainment, over 105 uh, different uh, booths in our marketplace this year. We do raffles, drawings, so tons of stuff all day long. That's great. That's great. So, um, you know what I love about Spencer Pride? I haven't been there yet, but the prides that I go, they're always like chained. You're always like, you have, you know, fences around. And, yep, no and, chains. And you guys don't have that. So, <laughs> no, and I think that there's, you know, I'd always, it's disappointing when you go and it's just, I know people are paying to get in and they don't want that, but mm-hmm. there's just something about it. And mm-hmm. to be able to walk on the, the courthouse and, and, and be there. So, but thank you, Jonathan, for being here. We really appreciate no you. I kind of gave you no notice. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate you driving up from our over from. Spencer, is that right? Um, and and you know, enlightening us again and giving us uh, you know the 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 four one one and what's happening in Spencer. And so we really appreciate that. And additionally, I like to thank all of our listeners. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Presloff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer for Blooming Out and WFHB. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Kevin Mosenzade. And I'm Frankie Preslav from our Blooming Out family, wishing you a good evening. You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. 
Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHP.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is bloomingout at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening.